I'm home. Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We the folks who can help me find the method of the madness, reason and the unreasonable, make sense out of nonsense. Because this is okay! Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? Just fine. Just fine. I'm doing really good. Wow. My favorite. <laughs> Low energy from Bob over here. Always. Well, you honestly, no matter how high energy I come in, that intro, it, it's like a dagger to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it makes me want to kill myself. So I, I just come into every episode wanting to die. Yeah, I feel like I get like rear ended, uh, like vocally. It's like, oh <laughs> shit, what the fuck? Glad I'm setting the mood uh, for the ep- uh, uh, um A quick reminder to everyone we're on the Fediverse. That is OKHMO at pirateradio.social. Um, come interact with us over there. There'll be clips and episodes posted. Uh, as well as episodes are being posted at am.pirateradio.social uh, channel over there, um, in addition to, you know, of course, everywhere else. And, Aaron, we have a voicemail number. Yes. And voicemails always. So before we get to dinosaurs, which is the topic today, we will uh, be going over some voicemails. But if you want to leave a voicemail, call 1-833-666-911. That's one 911 uh, All speaking right. of which, let's uh, get to the voicemails here. We got two of them. One from Tucker Dixon, I believe, right off the bat. Hey, Tucker Dixon here. Uh, just letting you know, not all my calls are a joke. Um, I believe for Dick Cheney, what you were looking for was Halliburton. Halliburton was the name of his company. If you corrected it in the subsequent episodes, go ahead and uh, play this voicemail and call me an asshole. Anyways, Tucker out. Tucker Dixon with the Halliburton correction. What a fucking asshole. Jesus Christ. What did we... I don't even remember what we said originally. Yeah, wait, what is... What was a discussion about Raytheon or something? Uh, not Raytheon, asshole. It's Halliburton. Oh, too many defense contractors to keep track. Of. Yeah. Well, the good, the good thing about that voicemail is... It is talking about dinosaur blood. Which is on on theme for today. <laughs> uh, so much theme. And then we have a... a Thanks, Tucker, for... Oh, yeah. yeah yes. And then we have a really long, definitely over 45-second voicemail from the Duke of Ice, I, I believe. Wait, are we supposed to, are we supposed to have a 45-second limit? Is there, no, I'm, I'm, is just, I'm just busting his balls here. <laughs> we, we appreciate every word from you, Duke of Ice. I, I hope you know I that. I do. I love, I love uh, voicemails from the Duke. Okay, homos, it's the Duke of Ice. Hear me out. It is day 21. I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of Jesus spending many days in the desert. Comparing himself to Jesus. 40, and he was being tempted, and he was fasting. Well, I am day 21 out of 49 days. <laughs> In the driest desert in the entire world. Jesus, but better. And okay. in my possession, I have been holding for three weeks now the Snowman documentary. <laughs> oh, the temptation to watch it has been terribly great. Every night I wake up in a cold sweat 
with a Zato <laughs> leaning over saying, hey, come on. Watch it, kid. You want to watch it, don't you? You want to see what happened to him? You want to see what made him crazy? Also blow up the firmament. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck off, Azazel. I'm trying to fast. I'm waiting for my homos in Tennessee where we will watch it together. Also, did you know that the wind gets up to 200 miles per hour in Antarctica? This place is fucking bullshit. <laughs> that was a very good voicemail. I like that one. Wait, so that that's something I did actually get to talk to him about. And we will go into depth. But just a quick, just because I can't ignore it now that it's been said. Do you know they claim that the wind gets up to 200 miles an hour, like, on a regular basis in Antarctica? Is that the average wind speed in, really? in Antarctica? No, what? the average wind What's speed is average? something absurd, though, because they said on light days, it's between 50 and 90 miles an hour. What the fuck? Just to put that into perspective. That's still insane. Yeah. So they just have, like, hurricane-type... Yeah, what, what are hurricane uh Well, Josh, like, I'm glad you said speeds? that. Uh, the... When I looked this up, because the first thing I thought, the fastest wind speed a hurricane has ever been recorded going is 254 miles per hour. So most of the time, it's basically a bad Category 5 hurricane all the time in Antarctica. (laughs) And and it's good days. It's like a Category 2. Which doesn't make a a whole lot of sense because typically, like, we get high winds and, like, everywhere else around the world... From temperature variants, like a cold front meeting a yeah, hot front, and yeah. the pressure getting like all out of whack and stuff like that, and things start moving around real quick. It's like sudden changes of temperature usually generate wind. How the fuck? It, like it's pretty just cold down there all well, the it's, time. It's all, it's all the volcanic activity, I'm sure, that's uh, <laughs> affecting the, the the temperatures in the uh, atmosphere and the is, wind. I I don't. Is there well, a center of? Is there a center of the Antarctic vortex that's like probably somewhere near the Temple of the One or something? Yeah, I'm sure. It's every time Azazel lets out <laughs> well, a hot it's the breath. Eye of the storm. Yes. That's, when, that's what happens. Another hurricane <laughs> is born. Like a... That doesn't make any sense to me how it could be that high, those high of winds. No, it's stupid. Even when, like, when winds get to like 100 miles an hour, is when roofs start coming off of houses. And they have, you see all the pictures of Antarctica, they got those stupid little tents. Like, they got, like, little inflatable tents with tents. (laughs) Like, that's not what you would bring there if it was that, if that was true at all. Like Bob was saying, obviously, just the the storm center around the Temple of the One. It's like a video game or, like, Last Exile, the Grand Stream, whatever it's called, where there's winds that are just blocking this one location, and you're not allowed (laughs) to go there because you haven't unlocked some special power yet, or you haven't gotten your, like... Uh, Toon Link iron boots you can walk through wind yet it's it's like that so we just have to defeat all the you know sub bosses and then we can go through the wind and make it to the final boss of the temple the one at the center of the storm in Antarctica gotcha that okay I get it now before you set up your tent you pull, <laughs> yeah, add, you yeah. pull out the ocarina of time and you play the right song <laughs> and the winds go away <laughs> the winds die down for eight hours <laughs> so yeah yeah that's that's the like wind waker was based on a, a true story got a question for you guys <laughs> now that we can get uh, back on topic yeah. Do you believe in dinosaurs? Of course. What level what level Why, of belief I? is it every time that new information comes out are you like, yeah, no, no, that checks out too. So like do you now think they're all like feathery monsters and brontosaurus has never existed and all that? Um I don't know about like the feathery monsters. Like they they probably could have been, but they look they just look so much cooler when they're not covered in feathers in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know cuz uh 
it's less about the science and more about the Steven Spielberg marketing, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah I was just checking. That's uh, the, the Jurassic Park films. Um, one World One and World Two are the like the five or th- three of the top five highest grossing Universal Pictures films. Uh, in case you were wondering, and I'm, I'm sure the books and the other ones sold a bunch too. What I'm basically what I'm saying though is uh, what I'm going to start off with. Just so you know. Childhood nostalgia is one of the biggest reasons that you actually believe in dinosaurs. Not because of anything that anyone's ever proven to you. Well, I don't know about nostalgia, but the last time I heard any dinosaur news or looked up dinosaurs or was interested in dinosaurs was when I was learning about it as a kid. Like, I, you know, I don't go around looking for like dinosaur news. So it's like I looked into it then when I thought it was cool because I was a fucking like six year old. And then I just kind of moved away from it, you know? Yeah, but for some reason, no one gets the memo about dinosaurs when they get the memo about Santa not being real. So, like, you get to the Santa news, and it's too heartbreaking, and I think you just lock away all your other childhood nostalgia history uh, away where it can't be touched. Because I'm going to let you know right now that dinosaurs are completely fucking made up. Oh, God. Aaron, uh, Santa's, like, folklore and religious and whatever and, and magical dinosaurs that's science like, those are just it's, it's a very those are just lizards uh, bro this, right there's here. nothing magical about yeah them. Where's, they're just lizards yeah. like yeah. that we uncovered no, from the dirt so i'm gonna we, tell we you still this. have lizards like practically dinosaurs no problem yeah. in the modern world. i'm gonna i'm gonna now read to you the i'm gonna present to you rather the the <laughs> the real story the mainstream story of dinosaurs so 1825, a man by the name of Gideon Montel, he finds a big tooth. Wait, hold on. Gideon Montel? Mantel, but yeah. Okay, Gideon, it's like, shit. Isn't there an AI in some sci-fi show or like some Marvel show that's named Gideon? I don't know. Oh, it's a comic book. Never mind. It's uh, uh, you fucking loser! Yeah. You derailed us for a, a comic. <laughs> Sorry, that no one gets. I mean, it's like it's like a super villain AI type shit. Like <laughs> this is where you started off of. I'm just trying to make a connection here. Gideon Mantell, he <laughs> finds a big tooth, and he decides that it's from an ancient big iguana. That's his theory. And well, did did it look like an iguana tooth but bigger? Well, I guess it must have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That the, the logic, you know, <laughs> checks out. Yeah. <laughs> later, uh, so you fast forward now, 15, 17 years later, uh, this guy by the name of Sir Richard Owen, who is the person credited with coining the term dinosaurs, he called them dinosauria. What does dinosaurs mean? It's like, uh, Greek and Latin or something, and it means terrible lizard. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Sir Richard Owen, um, what do you, he's, he studies like vertebrae and stuff. He, he's this, uh, scientist for the Royal Society. As a chiropractor. He stumbles across some of Mantell's work talking about this tooth. I apologize. I should have, I should have went, riffed off that with you because you're, yeah, basically. (laughs) Yes. And and. he's like a crocodile chiropractor. Got it. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> um, so he, I mean, that was pretty solid, Josh. <laughs> he had like theories going at the time where like 
he thought that every species of he was actually had kind of like an evolution theory um but he thought that like there was a single like an original vertebrae that all different species with spines like evolved from kind of like and and it spawned off of your spinal count he only came up with that because that's what he studied like he just wanted to be cool so this is at the same time of like charles darwin the big thing in science in england is to figure out where everything came from that's like just what they're all doing at the time and uh so they're trying to replace god okay yes exactly um so he gets a drawing of the tooth that mantel found that's it a drawing of it and he decides that it had to have come from these terrible lizards these dinosaurs based off of one drawing of a tooth he decides that dinosaurs existed and he names that dinosaur the iguanodon that is the first named dinosaur ever. Does he does he extrapolate what the rest of the iguanodon looks like from this one tooth? Oh, of course he does because a bunch of dumb royalty people uh, made him make like made him. Uh, he basically had like artists and stuff make these like giant replica iguanodon things. It's ba- just it's a honey. I blew up the kids. It just take an iguana and make it. I don't know thirty five times bigger. It's like, I, I can't help but see some NASA similarities with uh, this sort of history where you have this this one piece of evidence or this one measuring of you know radioactivity or something or, or uh, sorry um, radiation uh, out in space and you uh, get some graphic designers to create a cool image of it to make an article about. Uh, but but uh, you know, fucking literally still, exactly that, exactly that, but eighteen uh, eighteen forty two. Um. Before we knew about space. Yeah. So then he spends the rest of his life. Now he now he decides that dinosaurs are real. And everyone's like, this is awesome. So he spends the rest of his life fighting with Charles Darwin, trying to be the top, like, where everything came from scientist. Um, and he wanted to discredit evolution because he thought that people weren't monkeys, basically. But uh, and then he also spent most of his career uh, discrediting everything Gideon Mantell did because he basically stole a bunch of his ideas and just twisted them a little bit and made them his own. So then he even went as far as to, uh, he wrote an anonymous obituary for Gideon Mantell when he died saying that like he was a fraud. He wrote, an, uh, he the guy died <laughs> and he wrote an obituary saying how, what a terrible scientist he was and how everything he did was unimportant. Even though he based his biggest theory off of all this guy's work. So he's already a scumbag. This guy's a scumbag. Look at the picture of him. I post a picture of it in uh, show clips. He looks okay. <laughs> he looks like Walter Frey. Look at this monster. He looks exactly like, yeah. Yeah. Just do yourselves a favor guys and look up Sir Richard Owen. He looks like a literal gremlin. Like he should be working in, he should be the head bank teller in hell. Like that's what yeah, he looks he's, like. He looks like he's about to be visited <laughs> by like the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> and he and he honestly he wouldn't even learn his lesson after that. Not like Scrooge. He's worse than Scrooge. Yeah, he'd see everything and see what he be co- uh, could become, and he's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm gonna write that obituary now. Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, he he'd be in the when the ghost of future takes him around, he'd be like looking for like stock tips in order to like bury some company <laughs> instead of learning about Tiny Tim. 
I'm imagining one of, one of the ghosts shows him like the the dinosaurs, uh, the extinction of the dinosaurs event, and um, that he has, uh, or that that's like where he gets the whole idea and the whole images. So that a ghost shows him the the age of the dinosaurs, and the next one shows him the the extinction, the the, the future without dinosaurs. Um, oh, totally. So is is that like on point? So now th- this is pretty much. I mean, this is we go like that. I don't remember the exact year, and I probably should have like been better about this, but. Like fifteen years go by until they find another dinosaur bone. And wait, where? Sorry, remind me. Where did they find the first one? Uh, they found it in England somewhere. Like, he, okay. Basically, what happened oh, is a guy okay. found a shark tooth and then said it's a big iguana tooth. Wait, that's what? That's what I'm guessing happened. Are th- okay, are there a lot of uh, reptiles native to England? It seems like a bit too temperate or. Uh, no, that's why no. it's probably a temper. Probably some kind of fish. Like it, that's like I don't. How can you just go off of? Yeah, no, you. We made up dinosaurs based off of one tooth, and that's it. I mean, for like Aaron, fifteen years, Aaron. Okay. These are leading experts in their in their respective fields of, of biology and categorizing you know animals and their bone structures and their teeth uh, what, what are you trying to allude here of course well no like have an idea of where this tooth might have come from right well he fucking must have been an expert because he nailed it he took one tooth and nailed exactly what happened 67 million years ago when dinosaurs were roaming the earth because Lo and behold, you go less than 20 years later, and we start tripping over dinosaur bones. We can't walk 10 feet without tripping over another species of dinosaur. And who who finds all these dinosaurs? Not, like, farmers. Not people digging up the land. No. It always happens to be these, like, trust fund, like, wealthiest people imaginable just start tripping over dinosaur bones and selling them off to, like, the Smithsonian and different collectors and and writing whole books about it and making entire careers off of it well and this is also wait hold on isn't this also like the peak of like the industrial revolution where like for the first time ever we're getting like steam powered equipment and like coal powered equipment and stuff like that like excavators like things be, being able to move large amounts of dirt more than we were ever capable of you know what i mean like what what need was it for like a hundred years prior to this for you know, them to start building like 20 feet down and build oh. like an actual foundation oh, really? of building and shit. Really? I'm just asking. I don't know. No, no, no. I know. I'm just, now I can be <laughs> smug. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So have you ever hear, heard of this place called Europe? And they have once or twice. Yeah. They have a few cities over there by the 1800s and they actually do dig them down very deep even before then. And never once while digging out Paris or London or uh, Berlin or like just countless cities never found a single dinosaur bone ever once, not fucking ever. Then 20 years later, two get the most famous thing happens. Uh, these two guys, uh, let's pull up their names here. It's a, uh, Othniel Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope, uh, they team up in the mid-1860s to go find dinosaur bones together. And they find literally hundreds of species. Hundreds of new species to prove everything that uh, 
Mr. Sir Richard Owen had hypothesized. So, so firstly, are they even finding bones or are these uh, fossils of, um, you know, imprints of bones? Oh, no, they're they're fossils. They're all fossil imprints. And so I'd, I'd imagine if, uh, you know, the farmer or some laborer is digging down, um, if there's a situation where somebody is coming across dinosaur bones in the foundation of a city or something, then um, it, if it's in fossil form and, and they're just no, digging, that's it might fair. Be hard to recognize without the right expertise that uh, some of these individuals have. Uh, yeah, that that's fair because you need the keen eye of Edward Drinker Cope, whose biographers referred to him as a man who could couldn't write legibly very well and was terrible <laughs> at school. Uh, you need you need a guy like that. He's is a real fo- real keen fossil eye. What's the attention to detail situation here? Oh, peak attention to detail. He was homeless and then just was <laughs> they always oh, that's my favorite. They go out of their way to say how like modest these people are. The Wikipedia on Othniel Charles Marsh who went to Yale, um, he was, oh my God, he was born in Lockport. God, he's from like literally 20 minutes from me. This guy so much. (laughs) Um, His early life, uh, Marsh was born October 29th, 1831 in Lockport, New York, to a family of modest means. Okay, so his mother, they go out of their way to say how he's just this poor kid. Uh, his mother dies when he's three. She was the youngest, younger sister of a wealthy banker and philanthropist, George Peabody, who was partners with J.P. Morgan. Modest means. Very right. modest means. Don't you, who, don't you understand what modest means? They're being who, modest by saying they're modest people. <laughs> before, before the guy leaves for school, his uncle gives him a hundred thousand dollars in eighteen forty-five or something, which is like I don't know ten trillion dollars in today's money. I think you own the world with a hundred thousand in eighteen forty-five. Yeah, I mean, just with inflation, that's pretty modest. I don't know what you're yeah. <laughs> like. Who wrote the modest line? Was it like? Was it Bezos? Did he write the, the like? What are you talking about? In the grand scale of everything, yeah, pretty pretty modest. Hundred thousand dollars in eighteen hundreds money. Yeah. Well, I mean, who, who are his peers? Who are they comparing him to? Is this J.P. Morgan writing this? Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, my business partner, who's uh, you know, a twenty percent owner. That That's is- his uncle, who commissioned a portrait of himself dressed like that. That suit's worth more than everything I own. Like, look at this that's guy. Pre- that's pretty fly, dude. Oh, he looks awesome. Look, <laughs> <Not really. laughs> <But>, goddamn. <laughs> so he's related, tangentially tang- related on basically um, to J.P. Morgan and Chase, the one of he's, the greatest banking firms like of the planet. He's one degree of separation from J.P. Morgan. That's his modest means, his modest upbringing. One degree of separation. His uncle, who left him a shit ton of money, is J.P. Morgan's business partner. Like, that's insane to even call that modest. So this guy... So, yeah, entrepreneurial spirit, uh, the American dream, he went out and capitalized on that 
the modest investment that his uncle made on him uh, and went hunting for dinosaur bones. But he, he made it a fortune because of hard work, determination, and an attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the narrative. And, I'm hearing yeah, here. And he partnered up with this guy, Edward Drinker Cope, who, as Wikipedia tells me here, Cope's scientific pursuits nearly bankrupted him because he was just so into science that he nearly bankrupted himself because he he definitely didn't have enough money since his grandfather and then father, and then he was the inheritor of the largest shipping company in America. But this is the guy that almost bankrupted himself looking for dinosaur bones. Yeah, okay. Modest means. So that's the two people. The heir to the largest shipping company in America and... Like a guy who probably called J.P. Morgan, uh, or no, it wasn't J.P. Morgan. It was J.P. Morgan's dad, Junius. He probably he called him Uncle Junius. I guarantee you. So Uncle Junius Morgan. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say he called them up every weekend. I was like, I don't think they had the telephone back then. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> so these are the two people that find all the dinosaur bones. By the way, to prove this guy's theory. Um, then they well, immediately they start backstabbing each other in the seventies and they're, they run separate teams trying to find more and more dinosaur bones and they each find like hundreds and they're the one guy is friends with one of them. I think Marsh or no cope is friends with the first curator of the Smithsonian, which at the time had 6,000 specimens in its natural history section. And this guy from 1855 when he took over to 1885 when he died grew it to guess how many, Bob? How many specimens did he grow the Smithsonian to in the 1800s, mind you? Just through scientific, just through a love of science, from 6,000 to what? Probably about 6 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Weirdly, you're not that far off. It's 2 okay. million. 2 million okay. specimens. Jesus. Christ. Two million? That doesn't like, make sense. What does it mean in regards to the Natural History Museum? That's like, hundreds of specimens a day. That doesn't make any sense. Where the hell are these being <laughs> where the hell are these being stored? What do they what do they call a specimen? Wait, was it six thousand to two million or six hundred thousand to two million? No, six thousand to two what? million. Oh my god. <laughs> He's the one that you know why when you say the Smithsonian and it's a really famous museum? It's because <laughs> yeah. of this guy. Oh, he shit. made it what is the Smithsonian now. Because he was running some kind of insane scam where they just, I don't know, did things like make up prehistoric creatures for people to come see. He provided... Wait, one, but you were just talking about how they, he provided how they found all these dinosaur bones. Oh, oh no. God. See, what they did, here? Josh, here, I'm glad you... No, no, I'm glad. Glad you brought it up. What they did find was uh, they found the fossils, and what they would do is they'd find, like... Uh, a part of a foot fossil, and then they create an entire dinosaur off of that. And they did that hundreds of times. They'd find like one bone or a piece of a skull, and then they'd create the entire skull and they'd make up their own monsters. Even look at what's the most famous dinosaur in the whole world? T Rex. You know what a T Rex is? It's what? exactly what you'd get if you told an eight year old. Hey, create a monster for me. And he'd just make a big thing with ju just as many teeth as you possibly can. And that's it. It's just a giant monster with just a shit ton of teeth. 
Well, what do you, how do you explain like full like dino, like T-Rex skulls that are like mostly, you know, intact? What about are, things like that? They are scams. That's how you explain it. They're rock that has taken the place of the bone that they just chiseled out some shit out of rock and said this was a bone. And then when they do find a real bone, do you know what modern modern science says about it? Most uh, I think dinos- I, go ahead. Go <laughs> most ahead. dinosaur bones, guys, are highly radioactive. So you don't actually see the real bones in the museum. They paint over them with lead paint to save you from the radiation. So you have basically something you can never prove as a bone because it's covered in lead paint. Um, so you sent this you sent this website where you pulled that information from. Oh, don't worry. They quote they link you directly to NASA. So don't worry about the website looking shady. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's wait, what does NASA have to do with dinosaurs? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, dinosaur. Are these alien dinosaurs? Oh, no. oh yeah. Once NASA gets involved, Bob, you know it's got to be true. Yeah. <laughs> so let's well, see just, here. Yeah, the pinnacle okay. science. I'll read this for you guys. Yes. Most dinosaur bones discovered are highly radioactive. Because of this, the bones displayed in museums are covered with heavily leaded paint. That that checks out to me, guys. Thank, thank God. Thank God they saved us again from something that definitely would kill you. This, and it's not totally fake like, uh, I don't know, COVID. Um, mainstreams. This oh, feels sorry. like a... Okay, no, go, go ahead. On. Go ahead. Oh, it's just a good joke. This feels like a, covering on lead paint feels like um, they're, they're have a, a drug running operation. They don't want Superman to be able to see through this X-ray vision. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, smuggling, they're smuggling kryptonite in the, the lead painted dinosaur bones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Jesus. Mainstream scientists, cryptodites radioactive. Mainstream scientists explain this phenomenon by citing elemental uranium deposits in Colorado and Wyoming. These deposits were formed during the Jurassic Age. The radioactivity is generated from sandstones found in the region. However, not all dinosaur bones that are radioactive are discovered in the areas. So don't worry, they're everywhere radioactive, not just in Colorado and Wyoming. Uh, elemental uranium does not occur in nature. This isotope forms through combination with oxygen and several uranium oxidized minerals and compounds. Gee, then how did it happen, do you ask? To explain the purveying evidence of radioactivity during ancient times, scientists at NASA and the University of Kansas claim that... Why, why those two together, by the way? NASA and the University, <laughs> the University of Kansas. Of Kansas. They, they study Superman there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the explanation. That gamma ray bursts could have facilitated mass extinctions... That would have remodeled our atmosphere. Have you ever heard of a gamma ray burst, guys? Hold on. A gamma ray burst originating within 6,000 light years uh, from Earth would have a devastating effect on life. Uh, Astronomer from University of Kansas. We don't know exactly when one came, but we're rather sure it did come. And left its mark. What's most surprising is that it, it's just a 10 second burst can cause years of devastation, uh, of ozone devastation. Dude, I love okay. that they say that so sure of themselves. Like a 10 second gamma burst come. would would cause so much damage. And you're like, have you ever measured a gamma burst? No, of course not. But we know it happened and we know it's real. What What are they talking about? This is all bullshit. And they know it happened because dinosaur bones are radioactive. Really, just trust us. 
So is the prevailing knowledge now is that they didn't get destroyed by an asteroid? Like, I, I feel like things like this in science kind of like just get past me a little bit because like no, I'm not paying happened? attention to them. No, the, they just came out with an article like a week ago that it wasn't actually a meteor. It was an asteroid. What? Remember it ping ponged oh off of Jupiter. That. Remember? Yes. They just say stuff. The more you look <laughs> into it, they just say stuff. And that's it. Well, speaking of looking into it, if you in that article, if you click on the link to uh, NASA's website, NASA.gov, them talking about uh, gamma ray extinction, um, <clears throat> let me let me read a sentence from the uh, uh, was it the second goddamn what was I had to read I hear this the whoa, second whoa, sentence. Josh. The scientists do not have oh, what what are you reading off a conspiracy site? NASA.gov is this <laughs> is this a credit or is this a you, am I? One of those crazy conspiracies. Am I being outed things? right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the scientists do not have direct evidence that such a burst activated the ancient extinction. The strength of their work is in their atmospheric modeling. Essentially a what-if scenario. But the guy at Kansas said that it definitely happened. Remember? <laughs> well, because yeah, Kansas got uh... paid for the research, so of course they're going to say it. And so NASA's taking their research and being like, well, this might have happened, right? Like, <laughs> NASA and their scientific integrity. Yeah. Thanks, NASA. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it, I mean... Do you guys see okay. the trend here with how science works now? Like, they just say different things, and they don't have to ever prove any well, of it? Well, no, Aaron, this is effectively pop science. This, uh... Yeah. Uh... It's it's not like this space stuff or dinosaur stuff directly affects our li our life or is implemented into a new technology or medicine or anything like that. When they're talking about a model here, that's that is a what if scenario. That's very exploratory. But when we come to models talking about very real, very down to earth things like pandemics, the spread of the spread of a pandemic, models or or, or uh, you know carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and the effects of greenhouse gases. Those models are much more grounded, rooted, better understood. Uh, they're, they're not just, they're representing real things. That's, uh, you know, much more, much more applied, much less exploratory and theoretical. Yeah, I wish I could have given that way more attention because I would have hated it a ton, I'm sure. But I just spilled <laughs> coffee all over my desk like a stupid asshole. <laughs> so I've been trying to work that out now. God damn. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no, with the with the coronavirus, they're trust the models. That's the yeah, yeah. They trust prove the everything with the coronavirus. They they have the science to back up that this is this is nonsense, obviously. But then real things like viruses, they definitely back that up. And it and once you start looking at it, that's the that is how it works in everything. You don't have to prove if it's not something you're building. If you're not building a certain thing that you have to prove works. It's all bullshit every time. It's just inundated with bullshit. Let's uh, let's look at a common thread here. Uh, dinosaurs extinct. You can't access them or observe them directly. Uh, space way out there. You can't just go there and do shit yourself. Um, viruses, uh, you know, too small, microscopically yeah. small. Yeah, you you can't just uh, see them or see how they they um, interact with an immune system directly. Um, etc. Et et as cetera. soon as you can't uh, test it yourself, you they just fill it with bullshit. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. The second that <laughs> you can't prove it yourself, then they'll just come up with whatever, whatever they want. Uh, two masks. Two masks works because you can't prove it doesn't. So they'll just shove it down your throat. 
Like that's how that's how it works now. That's what science is. Wait, sh- shove it down my throat. I can get implanted like <laughs> in in my uh, yeah. Trachea, you you, like you a breathe in so a that I, I don't breathe out, and that's how you actually say, you live forever. Then that's how I yeah, save lives. That, that's how I save lives. Perfect. Okay, so we. Thing. I'm so glad I know about this operation. We've now. established the uh, the tricksters that started this whole um, booming market of finding dinosaur bones in the earth before anyone else has over the entire human history. First people ever to discover them. Um, where does that lead us now? Are are we still finding um, fossils and stuff like that to like, to verify? Have we ever found like a full like T Rex dinosaur fossil? Outside of like the one, like the single one that we have in like the Smithsonian or anything like that. Sorry. Well, they claim actually they found uh, they found a dinosaur bone with the blood vessel still intact inside. A blood vessel. So, so do they have like DNA where they can now clone a dinosaur? Can't cl- is that what, is that what I'm hearing? They can't clone shit. Is Jurassic Park gonna be real? Yeah. Oh I yeah. Any day Jurassic now, Park. guys. Just, Josh, shut the wait. fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, Jurassic Park will be real the, the the same day we go to Mars. Actually, is the the same day we start the Mars colony. We're starting Jurassic Park too. So just hold your breath for it. Elon dude. Musk is making dinosaurs. Yeah. Like that's the thing. They just claim things that you can't prove. You don't have access to the things they're claiming, and you have no way to tell if any of that is true at all. And they take it's always based on something that is real, like fossilization. Fossils exist. But it's not from a 67-year-old giant lizard, or 67-million-year-old giant lizard. It's usually from, like, a fish that got stuck in some mud. And it's 200 years old. It's 500 years old. It's a couple thousand years old. We have all these highly precise uh, methods of radiometric data uh, dating in order to um, accurately trace back how long it, it's been since these fossils formed. So, are, are you saying that uh, you know that this this also real and reliable science is uh, you know somehow misleading us, or that it, it's not accurate? The with, the, uh, with regards to the millions and millions of years old uh, fossils. The problem with carbon dating is you'd have to know what the levels of like carbon or different radioactive material, whatever it is you're measuring for, you have to know how much of it was present at the time that you are measuring it up against like that. So you claim that if they make a claim that it's 60 million years old, they have to still know. They have to know what the relative level of the thing they're measuring for was at that time. There's no way to like, I think it's just that. carbon dating. I think if they're a, yeah, yeah, there is. I no. what you're describing as radioactive dating is, is not technically true. No, you have a half life of a, radioactive material and essentially you can determine the age of that material plus or minus like a few thousand years essentially uh in the large scheme of things of being millions of years old basically and be able to get that data because of the half-life of the radioactive material like when you get like fresh radioactive material it it, it can it decays at a certain rate that every element that right. that they have decays at that certain so how does rate, it become fresh let's put it this let's walk through this well, it, it's a uh, based on the iso- or like the isotope of the element. Is that the the case where you know whether or not it's radioactively decayed? Yeah. Is that, does that yeah, check out? I think. Okay. How how did it get formed from the first place? When did it? When was it fresh? What do you mean? 
I, so I, it, if you find dirt that's 60 million years old because the radioactive material that's in that dirt has degraded to the right amount, like the half-life of it measures out to well, it's 60 million years old, how do they know it was at full charge 60 million years ago? When it's when it's fresh, what we're finding today is the, the, the byproducts of the decaying radioactive material, which turns into other materials, say like a lead or something like that. And so after those years, like we find the byproducts of that with a little bit of radiation leaking off of it still. And we go, oh, we know that radioactive material breaks down into these components. So if we start off with this material, this material sat here for however many years. So when you start off with a fresh one and then it starts decaying into other shit. And And there's nothing that preserves that. It just. There's no we know for a fact that if it's buried under rock, that it, it does the same rate of decay over over 67 million years yeah basically because the only way to like change like the the atmospheric or like the the room temperature like part of where it stores stuff like that doesn't really matter unless it's super super cold like close to kelvin or super super hot you know like thousands or millions of degrees essentially because you're not going to find what was it like uranium or anything like that like highly radioactive you're not going to find that being made in like the center of the earth or something like that. Even that core isn't hot, hot enough, essentially. Wait, so there, there could be in Antarctica, the coldest place in the universe, perfectly preserved dinosaur bones. Already found them on Antarctica. Oh yeah. Well, actually, wait, have, have they yeah, actually? They have Antarctica dinosaurs that they found. What? Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> What Go did on. they find down there? Tell me more. That's all I that's all I know is that they found them on all continents, including Antarctica. Oh my god. Yeah. Even though they just <laughs> never found any before they theorized about it. And just like every other thing they've ever theorized about, if it, if some creepy ancient royal society type group comes up with a theory, everything in perpetuity after that proves that theory a one hundred percent. Have you ever noticed that? It's so weird how that works. They were just, they just knocked it out of the park. We need a secret society so we can be right about everything in perpetuity. And if anyone tells us we're wrong, we just shut that down. That's how so, it works. So hold on. What What's your opinion on like, what, what were they, mammoths? The big like hairy Oh, those are real. Elephants? They found those are real. whole yeah. ones. They found whole ones in so, fucking so, so, ice, dude. They okay, like literally. Yeah, yeah so. They that, aren't that 60 seems, million yeah, years old are, though. Well, I think they're pretty close, though, aren't they? No, those were like around during people. No, 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 people. because ma- mammoths were with humans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, it, it was mostly uh, humans and, and um, over hunting that drove extinction. Yeah, it's actually the two gods. that the two that we know that are like pop popular that we know are were real creatures were woolly mammoths and saber toothed tigers. You you imagine yeah, those okay. as like dinosaurs, but those are not the dinosaur era. Those are well because old we beasts. have. We have things that are very similar to to both of those, right? Like elephants and just like mountain lions or something, or like actual yeah. tigers or whatever. Like, I mean, we have lizards today and komodo. Yes, dragons but nothing of that size. Like a komodo dragon, like and alligators, they're like what, like six to eight feet long. It's like whatever. That's boring. You're not thirty mm-hmm. feet high or forty feet high. Nile crocodiles are massive, dude. Those things are crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I would want to fuck with one, but at the same time, like there's. We we get n- nothing as large as like a T Rex, like the Stegosaurus, or you know, like whatever, like the more popular dinosaurs are. I don't know. I'm- All they did was take crocodiles and lizards and stuff, and said, "What if there were big ones?" And then just 
manufactured a bunch of rocks. <laughs> and most of the time, it's literally like they find one rib bone and they create a whole dinosaur. And then how they keep going with the lie is they go, oh, we actually figured out that uh, all all these dinosaurs we thought were dinosaurs, we found more complete ones. And it's actually way different. And they just right now they, they'll tell you brontosauruses don't exist. Oh, no, actually, they came out and said they do exist. They found new bones to show that they actually do exist. They didn't exist for like 20 years. And then just recently, like within the last few years, they exist again. And all oh, dinosaurs Christ. have feathers. Is there a new Land Before Time Lego set I'm not aware yeah. of? Is like that's, that's This what isn't like a Pluto thing where they're like arguing about the definition of a planet, are they? Like, like well, there's not really a thing. No, no, they were like, like the that. whole skull doesn't go with that skeleton and it's not a real dinosaur. They put all the wrong parts together. Mm. And Okay. And and all I'm telling you is it's it was it was made up off of a drawing of a tooth. And then they proved it 20 years later when they discovered all their dinosaur bones. And then they then they have the retroactive history where like some guy in like 1650 found a giant bone that he said was part of a giant human. And they're like, oh, no, actually, we figured it out 200 years later. It's actually a megalosaurus. And like they do shit like that. So, Wait, so they're covering up the existence of giant humans? Uh, that possibly actually. There's actually more evidence of giant humans than there is. Uh, <laughs> there's photos of giant humans. You can just say it's giantism, but well, it the, might be something else because they're like literally like eight, eight foot ten humans. Like, so I mean, for for comparison too, uh, you know, today we have our elephants and tigers. What we have our versions of things that we know that there were megafauna versions of. Um, like the yeah, mastodons, mammoths, saber-toothed tigers, that, that sort of thing. Um, so we know for mammals, at least, there are, can be megafauna versions. What are the biggest reptiles that exist in the modern world? Or like that we have direct, more direct evidence Nile, of? Nile crocodiles, I think, are the biggest reptile on the planet, I believe. So not like not not on the scale of you know, a big dinosaur, like our stegosauruses and T-Rex. No, 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 no. That's, I mean, look, even a triceratops, dude, it's just a rhino with some extra armor to look cool and sell toys. Like a Triceratops <laughs> is just a cooler rhino. Everyone knows that. It's obvious. Like like they just took shit and made toys. I'm telling you, everything Steven Spielberg made a movie about is some kind of deep-seated propaganda that is either supposed to happen in the future or happened in the past that he's just lying to you about. It's insane. So why doesn't anyone try to convince us the Transformers are historically accurate too? Because that's seems like a, pretty much the same toy market, right? No, that's that's future lies. <laughs> the that's the that's that that's part of oh, your okay. future lies. Great, oh, perfect. we're going to be doing this just like in 1970, and they're like, in 2020, we'll be driving around in flying cars, and instead they're like, I am offended by this gendered potato, like <laughs> that. You know, that's what we're actually at, and they thought it was going to be flying cars. <laughs> yikes uh this best timeline obviously most progressive yeah obviously we're fixing it we're on the right side of history boys so if there were no dinosaurs <laughs> where do we get all the oil from yeah we already went over that <laughs> that's a great question russia knows they know that it's abiotic and the ground produces it <laughs> sorry <laughs> Did, so did I, you know the second most voluminous uh, liquid in the whole in the whole world was dinosaur blood until uh, 
an asteroid and a gamma ray burst uh, killed them all and turned them into oil. Like, it's so stupid. So I have a funny story, and I've already told Aaron this, but Josh didn't hear this. I was at uh, Ace Hardware with my dad uh, picking up some tools last weekend, and the manager of the store came running up to us. She's like, sir, sir, like, you have to wear a mask, you have to wear a mask. And my dad gave her some shit, and he finally, like, took a mask from her and put it on, and he turned to me. And after she left, he was like, he's like, people like that still probably think that oil comes from dinosaurs. And (laughs) (laughs) You did tell me that, but yes, I love it. Dying, like you didn't understand why it was. It was so funny to me. <laughs> I was like, "That's fucking perfect." So, so, Aaron, I, I do have an alternate explanation uh, for the the radioactivity from competing organization, oh, the Houston Museum of Natural Science, um, and they're they're claiming that uh, it's it's much simpler than that. That if we we look, um, you know, s- similarly to the the foundation of uh, rocks and geological layers where um you know minerals are seeping into uh minerals and groundwater are seeping into the informing the fossil and uh everything is becoming denser and more concentrated than other places you know the ground around it and um ultimately it's just that there are radioactive minerals uh that exist in the earth and they just get concentrated to an extent to where they are you know the dinosaur bone is uh or the, the fossil is measurably radioactive. Um, so that, that's the, the explanation there. It's much, much simpler, much, uh, you know, yeah, less, less grandiose. It's kind of like the idea, like if you start drinking a bunch of like radioactive material, like you will become radioactive at that point, even after you've passed it through your whole system. You know what I mean? What, like, guys, we dig iron out of the ground at the same level and we don't fucking tell you that the iron is radioactive. That last explanation well, started. No. No, because because of fossilization, everything effectively becomes more concentrated, and then everything in the um, ground around it. That's that's the premise. So, like, does that so make sense? In the process of fossilization, the fossils become radioactive. Uh, so in some cases, uh, it depends on what's in the you know what's in the, the ground yeah, around it. If it there's so, a, yeah, if it's you know, a fossilized arrowhead, it's not. But if it's a fossilized fake lizard, then it's definitely radioactive, and you can't touch it. Wouldn't those fossils be created by different processes or be different like things physically? What we're replacing the calcium in the, the bone? I, Arrowhead versus I, bone. It was more. I wasn't um, trying to make an analogy on that. I was more just making an yeah, analogy okay. on this. Why some the only fossils that I've ever heard of being radioactive are the ones from the fake lizards that they don't want you to prove are fake, and they live in your head already from childhood movies. So you they you'll never no one will ever believe they're fake anyway. I feel like we need to have an okay, hear me out road trip to the Smithsonian in DC and get the real answers from the real experts. Right. It's been years since I've actually seen like a yes. dinosaur, like in a museum. There's been <laughs> so many cases of like where there have been cases where people have gotten a hold of dinosaur bones and just it just turns out to be like a, a whale bone. Like shit like that all the time. Well, I, I understand that there's... Well, it's because they didn't bribe the guy enough to certify it as dinosaurs. Yeah, he didn't come from the right secret society. Like, uh, Mr... What, that one dude, uh, what was his name? Cope? The one dinosaur, the Bone Wars guy with the other guy? Yeah. Uh, he, his whole family is part of some Quaker secret society called, like, the Society of Friendship or something insane. And then, like, they 
that society paid for that guy's entire schooling. You know, and then he almost bankrupted himself because he loved science so much. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I understand that there were some scandals in the archaeological kind of community uh, as, as it started, basically. There was a lot of people that dug up, like, fake things. And I, I think mostly it surrounded... Not by the dinosaur bones, but mostly on like the the missing link between like humans and apes and shit like that. Like there was a couple tons, ton, yeah, tons of those. Were, were, I don't know off the top of your head, were there any like that in like the dinosaur realm where it just ended up being completely fucking fake? Tons become fraudulent, like get found as fraudulent all the time. Like where people find dinosaur bones and then it's fraudulent, and it seems to me the biggest link to what's a fraudulent bone and a real bone is how powerful the accredited university that they work for is. Because if if you come from, like, Princeton or Yale, or you come from one of these big schools, then you it's always real. And then if you just are some guy, it's always fake. Farmer finds dinosaur bones, always fake. Scientist finds dinosaur bones, (laughs) always real. real. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That seems to be the big missing uh, component on whether it's real or fake i also have another question since this this whole dinosaur thing kicked off uh with archaeology and everything like that it kicked off in like was like 1870s you said 1850 well 1860s is when it was really like oh my god these are all real well i i meant the field of archaeology with digging up uh ancient bones and stuff like that John. That was huge uh, that's then what I was, in general yeah. because they were doing like the origin of species and stuff. That was like the big thing from like 1820 all the way through to like 1880s. It was like everything we could find out about the ancient world was like the the thing that science was doing then. Okay, so obviously they found so many samples and all these bones back in the day. This is in the middle of the Industrial Revolution. Like this, they they were using steam engines and shit like that, trying to get around. As technology increased, and we actually have technology to look underground without actually digging it now. I'm just assuming because of that, we have been finding more dinosaur bones at an exponential rate. With exponential, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. right. Has that has that been happening? It's not exponential. It's been. It like it probably peaked out. When did when would we find the most dinosaur bones? That's actually a good question. Um, well, it feels like at this point in time we should be getting dinosaur news like every week of like all of these new samples, all the being different found. species. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just well. See, you can only your imagination can only create so many lizards with one bone fragment. So, like, well, that's where they really struggle <laughs> is by creating new dinosaur species because it's basically no different than writing a Marvel comic book hero. At some point, you kind of run out of them or at least run out of interesting ones. It's really hard to come up with a new toy concept. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hasbro has fallen on some tough times and they really got to up their uh, you know writer's room there for the new Lego set to find. And it's it hasn't been... See, Jurassic World didn't really do as well as Jurassic Park did, so we haven't been big on finding new dinosaur toys to make. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. What? Actually, it kind of did. So I was, I was looking at the um, the grosses for the movies. Jurassic Parks one, two, and three were like a, a billion six hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, and then Jurassic World one and two were like one point six and one point one billion. Yeah, but 
30 so, years later with yeah. inflated prices, you're talking about a third of the audience and a, then? And a larger global market that's, you know, yeah. it's being translated yeah, all yeah. across the world. But yeah. I mean, like... To say that Jurassic World was anything close to Jurassic Park close. is insane. No, yeah, it's not. I would not agree even close. That, yeah. I mean, they always the go excess... by money. That's to trick you into thinking that their movies are doing well. How many tickets yeah. were sold? It's not, It wouldn't even be a quarter, dude. Not even a quarter. Okay, that's that's a good point. Yeah, like you're saying that the market's hugely bigger too. Um, so yeah, I was I was wondering with uh with what Bob was saying with um uh archaeology at the time. Do you know? It sounds like a lot of these people were kind of in the the mid late 1800s were working independently and kind of just going on their own expeditions and, and no. explorative exploratory no, 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 no. studies. Or were they actually part of like archaeological societies uh, and like the you know universities and all? Yeah, that? the one guy was from Princeton. And the other guy was part of a Quaker secret society whose father ran the largest shipping company in the in the United States of America. And the other guy had Uncle Junius fucking Morgan funding him. And, like, they are not non-connected people. The Sir Richard Owen is part of the Royal Society who came up with basically every biological theory that you've ever heard of oh yeah okay that that adds up yep so saying that they're connected it would be an understatement there's no independent ventures here just let's look into that let's stamp that one out right here did like any other members of the royal society or any other uh, scientific folk have criticisms of the these dinosaur fossils discoveries at the time no No, that was a huge that's how they started the British uh the the natural uh natural science museum in London. They found they funded it all off of Sir Richard Owen okay. coming up with dinosaurs. And then people up digging up uh you know human skulls and coming up with like us coming from monkeys like that stupid infographic you see where we're like a lizard and we come up into a monkey and into a person. That's from <laughs> them. That's that's the backbone of all of their sales pitches. All that shit. No, you're not allowed to invertebrate, as it were. That's the yeah. You're not allowed to, you know, criticize them. The biggest criticism of uh, Sir Richard Owen is that he was just like such an asshole, and that didn't even come out until like the 1900s. Like, only people that were allowed to say he was an asshole were bigger names, like Charles Darwin. Anybody else would just get buried. He was like that. He was like one of their head guys. So, so uh, the the question too then is looking back presupposing that the world is you know as old as we all as old as we understand it to be um looking back tens of millions of years ago were there the same types of uh, animals roaming roaming the earth back then were uh what if if not were there what type of crazy prehistorical animals were roaming the earth if not conventional dinosaurs it would be completely theoretical and i'm the wrong person to ask because i don't even think the earth's that old i think it's a, <laughs> I, that, that's, a that's why i said i was presupposing that it's that yeah old. so i'm like uh so if i had to presuppose it's that old it would just purely be just completely speculation we're scientists you can do that <laughs> i mean what's to say that there was not like you know what's the what's the theory that there was nothing before us like the the, the planet was just fucking empty for like the millions and millions well, of years okay if i say god created wa- it no, no 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 i understand that but you know what i mean it's like there's never 
where would you find evidence that would suggest that there was nothing on the planet? You know what I mean? It's well, like, because oh, we every some... time they dig back 60 million years ago, it all seems like complete horseshit. Yeah. That would be my first bit of evidence. Um, yeah. And A, if I say that God made it, everyone's like, oh, what a retard. And if I say that, oh, we're actually living in a simulation, they're like, oh, he must be smart like Elon Musk. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's basically, even though there's no difference between the two things both poof into existence out of nothing that's the 21st century creationism right there we all live in a simulation designed designed by a, a programmer well that's we have there autistic. is like an electric <laughs> well that's that's why it's glitching all the time because you know even our alien overload programmers aren't perfect <laughs> only the supreme autistic god we're, can give we're still, you we're still in the beta love there is a certain electric there's a certain electrical nature to like the world around us that makes it it makes sense that it would be like there is a chance that it could be a simulation. Like I'm not discounting that. It's okay. just that like so then to go like well what happened a billion years ago? Fucking nothing if we live in a computer. What do you you know what I mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Well, Aaron, Aaron, you were uh, just playing a, a an extensive and long game. Skyrim just came out, guys. 11, 11, 11. Yeah, but what was Skyrim like in uh, 2007? It didn't exist. What are you talking about? It had to have existed. I bet there were dinosaurs running around Skyrim then. It's like, what? What the fuck kind of it. argument is that? I love it. Yeah. It's something that, like... Yeah. Is, is there a dinosaur mod of Skyrim <laughs> the, where like you do you change the dragons into dinosaurs or whatever? Wait, wait, wait! They're dragons. They're effectively dinosaurs. Roman Skyrim, yeah, Skyrim. Yeah. Sorry, get over it, Josh. So. Come on, let's <laughs> focus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that conception, though. It's like if these people simultaneously <laughs> believe that there were dinosaurs several million years ago, and then they also believe that the world is a simulation. It's like okay, but what happened before the simulation? It's like those two things can't. <laughs> Yeah, what happened before the simulation? The nothing. Nothing happened before the simulation. Wait. <laughs> simulation still starts at the beginning. Aaron, you were playing the game of Civ earlier. You'd be like, where exactly. does that start? What what but what happened yesterday when you were playing Civilization? I wasn't. But <laughs> that's it. So like that's all I'm saying is like so I don't even believe that that time period happened. And one of the ways that I got to that is seeing how much horseshit surrounds dinosaurs. Where I'm like, oh, well, that's, we don't know that it's that fucking old. Oh, no, we know because I found a piece of lead and I know that that's a 70 million year old piece of lead. No, you don't. Fuck you. You absolutely don't know that. See, yeah, okay. I understand where you're <laughs> coming from, but I also I also feel that like if tomorrow every reputable science industry came out and said to me, we have reputable evidence that there were no dinosaurs on the planet, but like pre-human history and shit like that, I'd be like, okay, whatever, like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't affect me or my decision-making or anything moving forward. You know all, what I mean? Like, All it, those things do, though, but you don't realize how. Yeah, if you get to the way? point, if you get to the point, let's just put you in this hypothetical. I'm glad you said that, because a lot of people are like that, where they're like, it doesn't matter. And short-term, or like, even short-term, it does matter, and I can explain why. Um. Once you get into perspective of where you actually are and what you're li like, imagine now the life that you're leading right now, if dinosaurs existed or didn't exist, it doesn't have to change your life. But at least if you know that concretely, let's say you find out in your hypothetical that concretely dinosaurs never existed. It opens up 
pathways to you figuring out where the fuck you actually live. Because then you are, you're on, you're, you might be in a simulation. It opens up a doorway where you can actually explore something like that or question like that. And eventually, once you actually start figuring out what your reality actually is, certain things take on a whole lot less meaning. Like, oh boy, I better, I better save for my uh, 401k. It's like, it's things like that. You start realizing like, wait, is there a bigger picture here? Am I not just a, a a fish that you know came out of the fucking water and grew legs and became a monkey man that became a human? Is that not what I am? Like that that does matter, and it changes how a lot of people live their fucking lives. And it doesn't have to be like yeah the the one aspect of it whether dinosaurs existed or not absolutely doesn't matter. But how that puzzle fits into that piece of the puzzle fits into how you view where your life is or what reality you live in does matter. I mean, it would help me understand. So, so we should invest in crypto. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would help me understand that like there are fraudsters and uh, grifters out there trying to sell you a product and trying to sell like just a setting or an idea, just like a book or something like that. Like what these scientists did back in like the 1870s, like they essentially sold Hollywood a form of like, a, a way of writing a new story in a new setting that's interesting and it's captivating. And that captivation will generate a shit ton of money. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I can understand it in that sense, but it's like for, for who I am, like the, the whole dinosaur thing, even like the whole moon thing, it's like for who I am and how I make decisions and how I see myself and how I, uh, I believe who I am. It's like, that still doesn't affect like any of that, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Cause I understand people do root themselves in that sort of, thinking right yeah that makes any sense so i i think i think the benefit of having uh you know because of the moon and nasa having cool science fiction properties and because of dinosaurs having uh for for my future kids cool lego sets and coloring books and cartoons is uh definitely worth uh worth the lie <laughs> warhammer forty thousand makes it worth the lie <laughs> Hold on, right here. Perfect. <laughs> that it's exactly perfect though. War dinosaurs in space are real and Warhammer's not. Why can't they all wait, wait hold a on? Second. Why can't they just all go into the fiction section? We have Santa. Yeah. Yeah, I was, no. I was thinking Santa's like we have movies about Santa. We have kids uh, you know, benefiting from the lore That's of it. Santa. Yeah. Uh but then they don't I love space shit. Space shit's all, like space games. All, all the kind of space stuff I love. Star Trek Next Generation, one of my favorite favorite shows ever. Star Trek Next oh, Generation. so good. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's perfect. It teaches you a moral every episode. It's great. And, uh... But, like, I don't have to believe any of that stuff to enjoy it. Exactly. Like, I like Lord of the Rings. I don't think more... I don't have to believe that Mordor is real in order to like Lord of the Rings. Actually, I did listen to a Mysterious Universe episode where they're talking about the historical origins of Middle Earth, but so I will get. It's that no different time. than saying the historical origins of dinosaurs. <laughs> Not any different. <laughs> all I'm saying is that all these hoaxes and frauds have given us this great perspective of imagination and creating more, <laughs> more movies and video game titles than we've ever thought of. You know? <laughs> oh, totally. <Sorry>. The problem <laughs> is, yeah, is that people don't think it's their imagination. They actually think it's real, and then we end up living in a fucking bizarro reality 
where people think that a piece of paper stops coronavirus as long as you put it over your mouth. And the world's insane. Like, it really grounds you once you start realizing a lot of this is, like, not what you thought. And that's just one piece of that puzzle. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, just don't invest your identity in all of these fucking plausibly fraudulent ideas and concepts. You know what I mean? Based in personal objectives and like things like that. You know what I mean? That is a great that is a great term that I am going to start using, by the way. What? Plausibly fraudulent. I can't prove to any of you that dinosaurs don't exist, but it is, but it is plausibly <laughs> fraudulent, especially when they based it all off of a drawing of one tooth and then they found all the dinosaurs. That, come that on. Good. Yeah. And the guys that found I, I them agree. all are tied to J.P. Morgan and a Quaker secret society and Princeton and the Royal Society. Those are all the people backing dinosaurs. Are you kidding me? I love it. I totally agree with you. You've sold me, Aaron. <laughs> Dinosaurs are a hoax. <laughs> Josh, what's your? Uh, what do you say? Yeah, uh, I mean, your your uh, plausibly fraudulent terminology is, I think, the right the right way to put it. Where I have uh, no reason to believe dinosaurs necessarily existed, um, al- although there's not strictly proof that they were you know fake at th- at this point uh, or that. Um, or, or that sorry, not strictly proof that they didn't exist. There's no better convincing uh, that they did. Okay, here's here's a perfect example. The best part about this is what I'll close on. But the the thing about dinosaurs, and this is where the story gets so ridiculous to me. The whole fact, and I've already gone over this point a lot, but the fact that he came up with it based on almost nothing, and then everything subsequently. We almost immediately proved it would be the same as if somebody showed me a drawing of a footprint and I said, ha ha, what happened is space yetis exist and they came down and did this, this and this and this. And then I was backed by like the Freemasons or something. I'm like a Freemasonic <laughs> uh, scientist and I say space yetis are real. And then in 2040, uh, two more Freemasons show up. Like one's like a Templar, and the other is, uh, let's say, the head, like the son, the nephew of the Federal Reserve head chairman. And they go on a Space Yeti exploration, and they find Space Yetis and prove that I was right the whole time. Now that is fucking preposterous. But that's exactly what happened with dinosaurs. They took something that never existed in anyone's mind and they never found evidence of until that year and then proved it within 20 years. You're right. Space Yetis are dumb and uh, dinosaur researchers just got really lucky and just happened to be right in the first get- first try. Uh, I'm yeah. convinced. Dinosaurs <laughs> are real. There you go. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's something that no one had a concept of and then they proved it instant like immediately come on you, you have to take something that you don't even have a concept of in your head that's why you space yetis i probably could have come up with a better analogy but like i come up with a theory of something that doesn't exist and then 20 years later mugging <laughs> people prove that i was right everyone believes it 
Well, I think that that's just kind of like the way that science works. They they do something and then something comes out of it that's just so magical. So yeah. speaking of, do you hear about what scientists are uh, looking to do right now? Oh, do we have a scientist discover? Uh, it's not less. It's not a scientist discover. It's more of a science says segment. Scientists want to send 335 million seed, sperm, and egg samples to the moon to create a lunar Noah's Ark. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I'm rolling yeah. my eyes right now. It's, it's yeah, not, it's not audible, audible, but I, I am. Good job, Josh. Scientists are pulling inspiration from Noah's Ark in a lunar proposal that they call a global insurance policy. They hope to send an ark to the moon, filling it with 335 million sperm egg samples uh, in case a catastrophe on Earth happens. Isn't that just lovely? Wait, hold on. (laughs) What kind of catastrophe? Uh, a gamma <laughs> burst, maybe that you know is just like ten seconds or something like that, or yeah, maybe that destroys yeah. the ozone layer for yeah, five or, years, or just like an asteroid that hits and wipes out all like you know human species and gets gets the planet ready for the next. Yeah, exactly. I have a I have a question about that. How is sending it to space to the moon? Okay, a we don't have any infrastructure there, so how would we access it if a if a nuclear winter or and or gamma burst of whatever engulfs the entire Earth in flame, or an asteroid hits, any of those things that killed the fake dinosaurs, um, why wouldn't burying it underground in like a vault be better? How would we get from the destroyed apocalypse Earth to the moon to gather the sperm, and then what would we... <laughs> what would we inject the sperm into? What are they talking about? Well, no, obviously, it would be our uh, brave astronauts on the ISS who go there. They're, they're the only only ones who survive in this scenario. Yeah, and they they will be the colony that repopulates the rest of the planet. All of with the, what? The NASA How, they need eggs. Are they sending the eggs too? Yeah, it's sperm in and what? eggs. Yeah, in what? They're How storing they keeping- them. Hey, they're uh, in okay. Uh, the solar-powered moon arc would cryogenically store frozen seeds, spores, sperm, and egg samples from 6.7 million Earth species. The University of Arizona researcher Jekin Thanga and a group of students proposed the concept in a paper presented during the IEEE Aerospace Conference this week. This week! It just started this week, by Can the way. Can you repeat how many, <laughs> how many species? How, how many was that? Six point seven. It's a very modest number, actually. Yeah, no, they never <laughs> used that one. Just like the dinosaurs died sixty-seven million years ago, and then they're like, "No, actually, sixty-six point six Oh, what a yeah! What a 60, whenever they do six, yeah, whenever they do sixty-seven, it's just the in it's six 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 with the infinity sign over the say six point six 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 six. It's that rounded up. It's six and two thirds, which is six and infinite sixes. God, I hate them. I hate them so much. Bob, do you do you know how how long these samples are good for when uh, cryogenically frozen as such? Uh, Sixty six years. They get into it right here. Um, <laughs> what was it? Temperatures that could would likely freeze metal. So the team introduced a type of floating. Blah blah blah. I mean, not really. They're talking about getting things down to the seeds must be cooled to a minus 292 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 
That's almost as cold as the Pfizer vaccine. Sorry, well, um, they actually say here, but, for reference, the Pfizer COVID-19 oh vaccine is stored oh, at a minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> it's in the article. I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I should I should be I should be a journalist is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so, Holy fuck. From, from, what, from what I'm aware, uh, the seed vaults that exist on Earth, um, the seeds are only able to be stored for a certain period of time. So every like you know well Josh, couple decades or decades however long they have to replace them I, I feel like that might be a little bit inconvenient for samples being stored you don't the understand you don't is, understand is see what happens is whenever we send something to space even though there's temperature shifts of like 600 degrees in an instant when the sun sh- shows up um everything lasts forever out there so just so you know nothing ever breaks down they literally use rubber O-ring seals to seal the fucking cupola in the International Space Station, and they never they never wear out, and they just maintain constant pressure, and everything's always fine in space. Nothing ever breaks in space, so when they send it to space, since you can't prove that it's not broken, it will last forever, even though there's nothing like that on Earth. <laughs> I, I'm totally waiting for the day where there is an accident on the ISS and all the scientists get spaced in like some tragic, horrible, like, like, you know, it's going to be something akin to, what was it, the 1996 uh, movie uh, Event Horizon or something? Like, it's just like they all go out there, like, floating and explode in space and like the absolute zero. I, I actually have a theory that's how they'll end the space station because they'll be, because right now, it sounds stupid because, like, I'm the only one that freaks out about the ISS constantly in our friend group. But, like, when I started looking at this stuff with, like, the ISS being fake, like, two years ago, it was, like, every video was downvoted like crazy and maybe had a thousand views. Now every video is up, upvoted by cra- like crazy, shadow banned like crazy, and has a hundred thousand views. So, like, people are catching on to the fact that it's fake. So they gotta end it at some point because it's it's getting stupid. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a up oh, a, a little piece of space junk went through the ISS like a bullet and everyone died and you never see those people again and they just you know get shipped off to wherever all the fake dead celebrities go like you know uh, Kobe Bryant and George Floyd. They they got to announce they're decommissioning it first. Uh, it'll be like the um. Uh, what, what what was the stupid satellite where they sent the um to the message to aliens? But it'd be like that where they're announcing that they're going to decommission it uh, and then replace it at some point. They then, never replace uh, it because of budget yeah, then, cuts. Then disaster strikes. No, it- yeah, then then disaster strikes. It it gets destroyed before they actually decommission it, so nothing's intact anymore. And then they can't rebuild it because yeah, of budget cuts. you. I think you might be right. I don't think it's going to get destroyed. I think you're right. They're gonna they're gonna say they have to decommission it because it's too old and it's been up there too long. They'll ship all the guys out and they'll say that they put it on some trajectory to like escape space. Like they send it out into space. So instead of falling towards the earth, they, they have a rocket that like lo- that like pushes it away from earth and it just floats forever away from us. <laughs> and then they never have to like talk about it. Free last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of the, <laughs> the funniest things about this article here is uh, th- this paragraph right here. And it's titled, uh, it's like a new section of the article, and it says, Building the Modern Noah's Ark. And it starts off here, based on some quick back-of-the-envelope calculations, they say that transporting 50 samples from each 6.7 million species would take about 250 rocket launches up into space, uh, up to the moon. 
That, that doesn't sound very doesn't doesn't sound very environmentally friendly. Maybe, maybe like that's what destroys the Earth is these rocket launches to uh, supposedly. I was trying to make a, a seed bank on the moon is gonna uh, is gonna like tilt the well, climate change over the edge and destroy us all. Uh, to give it some perspective here, the International Space Station required forty rocket launches to get all the materials up there to build it. But for some reason, six point seven million loads of jizz is going to take 250 <laughs> wow they're really running out of money laundering ideas these days aren't they that and like the facility because they even have like a diagram here they they built a little model of a facility that they that oh, they would God. be building on the moon and, and like there's like a preservation analysis lab a laboratory bubble a cryopreservation module what an elevator shaft that it's literally an elevator shaft that goes up into nothing. It's like a it's like a grain silo where everything's connected on the bottom to the rest of the yeah. station. You guys can see this, right? Like it's like a grain silo, yeah. and it says it's an elevator shaft, but there is no elevator to anything above it. <laughs> well, there's not gravity. You don't okay. need an elevator. You just like jump, or there's you know less. Yeah, less I, I have. I'll uh, you know what? I'll totally sign up and be too super into this uh, plan. I just need. Why I love that the Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine is hyperlinked in this. By the way, <laughs> what asshole? <laughs> so, anyways, that here here's my thing. They, if they do this for me, I'm gonna just I will be pro NASA and we'll do it. Build one studio apartment on the moon and just have a webcam going where we can see the moon. Just like do one, make one base. It's just like a studio apartment with one, like we send a prisoner there who just his punishment, he has to live on the moon instead of death row. He can opt out of death row to go live on the moon so that he can webcam the moon for us. Give him a spacesuit, let him walk around. It'll be great. Do that. It'll be one rocket launch, maybe two. You got one to bring up the 3D printer to print him his space studio apartment. Another one maybe for the bubble and then one for the prisoner. And then that's it. Just do that, and then I'll sign up for the sperm bank. It's just so stupid. They're like, oh, we're going to have a space lab to store sperm. We can't even get one guy to hang out there for a week. What are you talking about? No one's been there for 50 years. I love this. The article wraps up with, what amazes me about this project is that it makes me feel like we're getting closer to becoming a space civilization. And, to, and a not very distant future where humankind will have bases on the moon and Mars. You know what I feel like we're closer to? I feel like we're we're closer to jerking ourselves off at, to a magnitude of 6.7 million times more than normal. That's what I feel like we're at because that's literally what they're proposing. That's so stupid. Yeah. This must be like a pro-porn kind of like shift yeah. that's going on here somehow. <laughs> like they this want is how everyone to... gets back in the game. <laughs> Is there a, be the first porno movie filmed on it's the moon? Hub, but now for science, like it's, <laughs> God, I could just see like the soy face meme, like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Those tits will never sag again in low gravity. Oh man, I'm gonna be immortalized. My, I'm gonna jerk off on the moon. <laughs> All right, I think I think that wraps it up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. I can't stop <laughs> laughing at this idea. We're going to impregnate the moon, everyone, and it's going to be glorious. It was a giant <laughs> dragon egg, like I'm in Game sure of Thrones, all along. Yeah, this is 
There, there's a what the comic the boys uh that they had a bit where one of the superheroes uh, fucked an asteroid um so you know it's pretty much that it's probably yeah, gonna be that's a what lot. happened this is literally Pro- got this idea from a comic book that's what happened it, it, it'll be a <laughs> lot less it'll it'll be a lot less romantic though that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right thanks everyone for listening this has been okay hear me out episode 42 yes, 41 uh let me know what you think on my dinosaur theory have a good night You've got mail. What the fuck?